it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Would you look who came to work? Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It's a big Thursday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A man who did not dine with oligarchs that paid his son. Check this report out. Joe Biden uh, sitting down for dinner. And we now come to find out that new bank records show a $20 million payment in foreign cash to the Biden family. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? If I had to guess, I'd say they're selling a hell of a whole lot of influence. Are you the big man, Joe? So far, the indications we have say yes. We're going to talk about it today on a busy show uh, that will include your calls, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons. Diamond Dave Landau is going to be here as well. And uh, we're also going to catch you up to speed on all things 2024 as the New York Times, of all places, has an op-ed out right now that says the Democrats should not be going after Donald Trump. Tell it like it is. Nobody had that on the bingo card. Now, to be fair, it's an op-ed written by a former member of the George H.W. Bush administration. But the fact remains, people see what's going on right now. And they realize that the Democrats are dealing from the bottom of the deck. That's true. That is true. So 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of this big Thursday show uh, that only has one rule. I say it every day. I open the show this way every day. So if you're listening for the first time and you're saying to yourself, guys, the opening of the show, this bananas every day. Yeah, the answer is yes. Every day I come on the air and I say you could be a Republican on the show. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a there it is. Happy Thursday. Uh, if you're watching Fairlevision tonight, I will be on with Sean Hannity in the 9 p.m. hour. It's a live studio audience edition of the show. Tomorrow at 5 p.m. on Friday, I am filling in for our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, on the 5. Uh, I will be on the 5 sitting in that chair tomorrow. So if you see me on TV looking a little taller, it's because I'm sitting on top of the two phone books they put in Greg's seat. <laughs> Oh, so silly. Uh, Not a laughing matter out in Hawaii. Uh, Certainly sending our prayers and considerations and good vibes out to the island of Maui, where we can report that 36 people have died uh, as a result of wildfires that were ultimately exacerbated by what we believe to be a hurricane. And we're going to continue to monitor that situation as the show goes on today. But we begin with this report from the House GOP that, man, Oh, boy. Oh, man. I mean, oh, I'm in trouble. No other way to say it. So James Comer, you hear him on the show all the time. He's the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. This is the third memo they've released. If you've been following these memos come out, it's like, you know, we have a reality show now. America's got memos. They're everywhere. Okay, this one details the Biden family's business dealings producing bank records that purport to show that Hunter Biden and his associates received over 20 million dollars in payments from Russian and Kazakhstani oligarchs when his father was vice 
president, okay? It's a 19-page memo, screenshots of bank records. It says million in payments came from Ukrainian energy company Burisma Holdings. We all knew that one. As well as Russian oligarch Elena Bacharina and Kazakhstani oligarch Kanis Rakashev. And that then-Vice President Biden attended dinners with Bacharina and Rakashev and a representative from Burisma. So what do these three people have in common? They're all foreign entities. They all attended dinner with Biden, and they all sent a pile of money afterwards. Yet they want you to remember, they continue to insist that Biden wasn't a part of Hunter's business deals. Come on, don't bullshit me. Yeah, don't you? We've all been there when you're not part of something. So you go out to dinner with everybody who is, you know, and you're just not part of an operation. So you call in on speakerphone 20 different times as Biden did. We've all been there, right? I mean, come on. So stupid. Okay. And this is ultimately, and this is so fascinating. I'll read you the rest of this. Okay. The committee provides screenshots, right, of bank records uh, that claim Burisma, uh, that Batarina. Okay, you got to follow this. A lot of moving parts. The widow of former Russian mayor, Moscow mayor, Yuri Lushkov, wired $3.5 million to Rosemont Seneca Thornton. That's Hunter's company. And his business partner, Devin Archer, confirmed the payments during his interview last week. So this Russian oligarch sends $3.5 million to Hunter Biden. Then a total of $2.75 million was transferred to Rosemont Seneca, which paid Hunter uh, co-owned with Archer. So you understand these guys are moving the back the money back and forth between themselves through a shell company. Now, why is this significant? Because it also squares with a text message uncovered in Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, I know there's a lot of moving parts, but the long and short of it is foreign entities were sending money to Hunter Biden. OK, for work in fields he had no background in. Do you get what I'm t- saying to you? So let's say I'm 245 pounds. Okay, no one is going to pay me to be a jockey in a horse race. Why? Because the average jockey weighs about 115 pounds. You'd be paying me to be like putting three jockeys on the back of the horse, which ain't going to win you the race. Okay, Hunter Biden had a background in two things, cocaine and hookers. Hubba, hubba. All right, maybe. But the point is not the kind of thing an energy company traditionally hires you for. Not the kind of thing a Russian oligarch has any reason to send you money for. Unless, of course, some of that money's going to your dad. Now, here's a fascinating one, okay? House Oversight Memo revealing a text message in which Hunter Biden complained to his kids that he was being forced to give over 50% of his money to his dad. Okay, so you understand this is all you need to know. Foreign entities are paying Hunter Biden money to give to his dad. That's what it is. According to Hunter's texts, his dad is getting 50% of the money. According to Hunter's business partner, Tony Bobulinski, he famously said, okay, that in one of the deals he presided over, there was a 10% kickback to the big guy with the big guy being Joe Biden. Okay, either way you slice it, there is so much overwhelming physical evidence that everyone in the country should legitimately be concerned about whether or not we have a compromised president, like almost a foreign agent level of a president. Okay, I'm not saying he's there. I couldn't prove that to you. But I damn well better believe he's governing like we're like not on a top five consideration. 
Look at the push for green energy right now. You know who owns 95% of the green energy infrastructure? Our number one geopolitical foe over in China. How much money has China sent to the Bidens? My goodness, $50 million to the university where his classified documents were stored in Pennsylvania. Millions of dollars to his son, Hunter Biden, through the shell companies. Okay, yet we've reconfigured our entire domestic energy production to accommodate China. People who are selling us green energy but out-polluting us by a five-to-one margin, which means it's all a joke to them. But here is Peter Ducey yesterday, flat-out asking Biden, and he gets a little bit of the old man treatment. Biden snaps on Ducey. Here it is, clip one. There's this testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them, talking business. Is that what? I've never talked business in England. And I, I knew you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you, it's, why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. Oh, man, Joe Biden. That was embarrassing. That's what he's down to now. When you ask him a question that he has no answer for, he's just going on offense against you. That's a lousy question. Remember when KJP said that about the cocaine? Frankly. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> they find cocaine. Every reporter's like, is it Hunter's? And KJP's like, I can't believe you'd even ask that question. She is so bad at her job. Yeah, how dare you? Wonder if the guy who's naked all over the Internet doing crack left cocaine in the way. I mean, who would think such a thing? Come on. It's like, hey, all the leftover pizza's missing from the fridge. How dare you ask the 700-pound man in the living room with tomato sauce around his mouth? I don't understand why you'd insinuate such a thing. It's absurd. And when Biden says that's a lousy question, are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me? Okay, so we have bank records. Understand, we held the country hostage for three years with a pretend narrative that Trump was a Russian asset propped up by Vladimir Putin. Did we have a single, solitary human being willing to put their name on that intelligence? The answer would be no. Did we have a bank record connecting anyone in the Trump family with anyone in Russia? The answer would be no. Weird. Did we have $20 million worth of wire transfers through 15 shell companies to Trump's children? You know, like you'd see in a racketeering case? The answer would be no. Yet no one's going anywhere near the story. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. And it's not just because of how it ends for Biden, but because of how it probably ends for Obama. I mean, it happened on his watch. These people were in and out of the Obama White House 36 times that we know of. Okay, if the visits were ascertained to be of personal reason, they didn't have to list them in the ledger. So we know they've been there 36 times. Or you know they could have been there 200 times because they started saying it was personal. But let me give you a little more Ducey, okay, because he was on Hannity last night. He's my opening act. I don't go on on a Thursday unless they give me Peter Ducey on a Wednesday. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Maybe, maybe. Maybe I'm just being silly. But what Ducey's saying is anything but silly. Clip two. I heard from a White House official just a few minutes after my exchange with the president today here in New Mexico, who said they take issue with the premise of my question. They said my question is wrong because I referenced speakerphone conversations with business associates about business. They say that question is wrong and that the president's answer is right, that they never talked on speakerphone about business. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Are you following this? So the semantics they're playing with Ducey 
is, well, you know, you're wrong not to say he spoke with his business partners, but to say he spoke about business. (laughs) Clown stuff. Straight clown stuff. Okay, because you got to realize where this story has gone. The sto- just under- so you, to understand where it's going. You have to understand where, had, where it has gone to understand where it's going. Where is it going? Biden made a lot of money selling influence overseas as a vice president. This is a very, very, very simple one. Okay, very simple. Hunter Biden has no entree to do business with these countries unless they're getting something from him. Okay, believe me, they weren't paying for cracking hookers on the other side of the world. There's plenty of them over there. Okay, the reason they needed Hunter is because he got them to Joe. You're absolutely right. So you understand, okay, that's where this starts. Now, when the Hunter Biden laptop story surfaces in the run-up to the 2020 election, they go, as we now know, and get 51 former intelligence officials to sign their name on a letter saying it was debunked Russian misinformation. That's what they told us. Never mind that the FBI had already corroborated the Hunter Biden laptop as being real back in 2019. In 2020, 51 former intelligence officials told the entire world it was fake. That's just how white folks will do you. And what else did they do? They forced the big tech companies to censor it and forbid us from talking about it. Now, you understand there's two reasons why. One is obviously it could have a negative impact on Biden's campaign hopes. But two, if we ever looked into the veracity of what was on that laptop, as Hunter Biden's business partners came forward and told us, okay, this could end not with Biden in the White House, but with Biden in jail with, I mean, a real situation here. Okay, and understand it started with the laptop is fake. I didn't know what my son was doing in business. You're a liar. We now know the laptop is real. We also know he has written letters to his son's business partners thanking them for their involvement, apologizing for not being able to talk to them while he was at a luncheon with the president of China, okay? So number one, laptop's real. Number two, he knew what his son was doing for a living. Number three, he had spoken personally with his business partners. But now number four becomes, oh, I spoke to them on the phone, but we didn't talk about business. But do you understand how the erosion keeps happening under his feet? We started out with, Not a real laptop, nothing to see here. That turned into, as we know, didn't know what type of business my son was in. Never spoke to his partners. Now it's become, all right, spoke to his partners, as you know. Fair for you to ask. But we didn't talk about business. Come on, man. The only statement they have left to stand by is whether or not he profited from the deal. And we all know we profited from the deal. Why? Because there'd be no other reason to make a deal. The reason Joe Biden is on the phone with Hunter's business partners is he legitimizes Hunter's promises to them. He doesn't necessarily have to get on the phone and go, send my kid the money. I'll do the thing you want. Okay, we have proof of him doing the thing he wa- they want, though, because he's been caught on tape bragging about firing a prosecutor over in Ukraine. So you understand that's where we find ourselves right now with the White House with a straight face. Now claiming, yeah, we talked to the business parts. We didn't talk about as if that's perfectly fine and we should all go to bed. We should ignore the staircase of lies that have brought us to this high level point of the discussion. 
Again, ignore you know, ignore that we said the laptop was fake and we lied. Ignore that we said we didn't know about his business and we lied. Ignore that we said we didn't talk to his business partners and we lied. Ignore that we said we were on the phone with his business partners not talking about business and we lied. We know they talked about business. They went to dinner and talked about business. We have emails saying, hey, it was great to meet your dad last night. We have bank records saying, hey, here's a bunch of money. You understand? This is Looney Tunes. And the reason the White House is now down to playing semantics is because the minute they connect that final dot, it's going to be connected to Biden, and that's the end of this charade. That's all, folks. A show so good, people don't know what to think. This feels weird. Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun, though, isn't it? Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together, as I say every day. It's getting tougher and tougher out there. We are fraying at the edges. Peter Ducey, uh, here he is explaining why on Hannity last night. He's basically explaining how the Biden story, the White House spin, has evolved quite dramatically. Clip three. That is a big headline because they are no longer saying that he did not have these speakerphone conversations with the associates, period. So it now seems like there were conversations. We don't know exactly what they were about. They're pointing to these Devin Archer uh, transcripts with the House Oversight Committee where he says they talked about uh, kind of just polite pleasantries, including the weather. But Devin Archer later went on to say in an interview that it is categorically false that Hunter, did, uh, that Hunter and Joe did not talk at the time about business. Hunter's a dirtbag. I mean, there's no world where they didn't talk about business because Hunter Biden couldn't get the money without Joe Biden being involved. Do you understand? So we know that to be the case. But the fact that the White House has now gone from no conversations to some conversations tells you everything they need to know. When the police are interrogating a witness, you guys, if the witness lies to them about the first four questions, they know for a fact that he's lying about the fifth. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Okay, the Biden family has lied about the first four questions. There's no world where the fifth question, hey, Joe, make any money off of this? There's no world where they're going to tell you the truth about that. But the problem they have is Republicans are hot on the trail of the truth, and it ain't going to end good for any of them. He should be behind bars. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Doing the dang thing on a Thursday. Uh, if you didn't see the moon landing documentary, would you go watch it? It's on Fox Nation. They're running commercials for it. They air a few times an hour on the channel. 
I mean, listen, we got to enjoy this little window while we have it open, folks. It's not every day see some chubby community college graduates starring in commercials on national TV. This is, you know, it's not a common thing. We shouldn't take this for granted. you got to watch it. I don't know how many more of these I can slap together for you, folks. I don't know how we pulled the first one off, let alone another one. Uh, but if you get a chance, moon landing, fact or fiction. And I'm not going to spoil it. I want to give away the ending. Uh, but we, will, we go deep inside uh, what some say was the most expensive hoax in the history of the world, that being our $30 billion mission to the moon. Now, you're all entitled to your opinion. Uh, I welcomed everyone. Everyone during the course of the documentary to weigh in one way or the other. We invited dissent. This wasn't one of those Fauci panels where we decided to withhold your funding if you didn't agree with whatever our opinion of the day was on COVID. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Well, he's been referred uh, criminally by Rand Paul for lying under oath. And we don't know where that's going to go. But right now we're still talking about the Bidens potentially winding up under oath because James Comer, head of the House Oversight Committee, says they may uh, bring in more of the Biden family and their test and their associates to testify. And it could end up being uh, Joe Biden himself who winds up on the witness stand. So this one's getting crazy. So much so that they had Elizabeth Warren weigh in yesterday. She sent a couple of smoke signals over to CNN and gave them an opinion. Jake Tapper wanted to know about the Hunter thing. Here it is, clip five. So far, we haven't seen any direct evidence pointing to Joe Biden, President Biden, doing anything illegal, uh, and I don't necessarily uh, know what's everything that's in this. But I do wonder on, on, on a broader level, the 30,000-foot uh, view of this, uh, people close to Donald, I mean, people close to Joe Biden, or people close to Donald Trump, but I'm talking about Joe Biden, making tens of millions of dollars because of their closeness to him, that can't be something that you like. That can't be something that you're comfortable with um, as a phenomenon. Look, I, I always worry about the influence peddlers in Washington, regardless of party affiliation. So she's always worried. Um, has she voiced any worry as all of these bank records have surfaced? The answer would be no. She's kind of talking in vagaries there, but she does go on to sort of pretend to get into specifics. Here it is, clip six. We've got to be willing to say to our friends and people who are not our friends the same rules apply across the board. And we got to shut down the revolving door. We got to have ethics rules that apply to everyone. That's what we got to do both to make government function better, but also so the American people can have confidence in their government. I think, I think that is really a crucial challenge for us in the next few years. I agree. And I think when people see Hunter Biden being paid thousands of dollars from Kazakhstan or Ukraine's energy companies. They understandably get skeptical uh, about how this town operates. I admire your honesty. Okay, give Jake Tapper credit for acknowledging that Hunter Biden did, in fact, get money from Kazakhstan and Ukraine. But you want to know where Jake Tapper doesn't get credit for? Okay, he was one of the people leading the charge saying that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. You are so full of sh**. Do you see how nobody is acknowledging the pivots here? Like, as a country, like if we're just like playing ball as a country, like on this show, we play ball as a country. We're not going after Biden and harping on this story because he's a Democrat. We're going after Biden because he's corrupt. Correct the mundo. Okay, I come from a big law enforcement family. 
And uh, I can tell you that in spending time around cops and investigations, like a lot of times you'll hear Paul Morrow come on, who's a retired NYPD inspector, and I'm very comfortable in that space talking to him about investigations and, you know, legal implications and stuff of that nature uh, because I have a you know a little bit of a background in it. I'm not saying I studied it, although I did, you know, study criminal justice when I was at community college. But let's be honest. Was I really studying that much in community college? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I was doing lots of other things in community college. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. That was a great way to go through community college. But stick with me, Okay. When you see the witness lying, okay, let's say you bring somebody in to question them about murder, okay, they're a suspect in a murder, and you know they lied to you about what they had for breakfast. Then they lied to you about what kind of shirt they were wearing that day. Then they lied to you about which route they drove to work, okay? You suddenly come to realize, oh, I get it. This guy is lying about Everything. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. That's how it works, okay? You spot the murder in the other questions. Like Joe Biden. Hey, Joe, did you make money off of this? No. Okay, all right. You didn't spot the murder there. You know know where you spotted it? You spotted it when you asked him if the laptop was real, and he lied and said it was fake. You spotted it when you asked if he ever talked to his son about his business, and he lied and said he didn't. You talked, you spotted it when you said, hey, did you ever talk to your son's business partners? And he lied and said he didn't. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Okay, that's how you crack this case. I know, you know, any objective observer knows that you don't lie about the laptop, the phone calls, and the involvement with the son if there's nothing to hide. You understand? You tell these lies because you're trying to throw people off the scent. What's the scent, you say? Here's James Comer spelling it out. Clip four. They used Joe Biden, and what we're seeing is Joe Biden actually provided things of value in return for that money. Look at Ukraine. I mean, it's becoming uh, crystal clear that he went and fired the prosecutor who was investigating his son's corrupt energy company over there. I mean, he bragged about it. He's on tape admitting he did it. We know now from Devin Archer that the Burisma owners were putting pressure on Hunter Biden to deliver As you said earlier, Sean, he wasn't on the board because of his expertise or his knowledge of energy. He was on the board because his last name was Biden and he had access to the vice president. And understand, okay, when everybody goes, oh, that's, you know, what a bunch of hooey that Biden fired the prosecutor in Ukraine for, you know, on behalf of Burisma. I mean, come on. It's not like there's a tape of Joe Biden admitting that. Oh, there is? Well, Me. That's not good. (laughs) Here's the tape. Here's the tape. I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. (laughs) I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. <laughs> Did you hear that? That's, you know, no big deal. That's just Joe Biden flat out admitting he threatened to withhold foreign aid from a country unless they did what he wanted. Do you understand that's what Trump was impeached for? 
So when you hear like Elizabeth Warren and Jake Tapper talking about how, yeah, and people stop trusting the government, nobody trusts the government. If people trusted the government, Donald Trump would be screwed right now. The guy's going on like his 12th indictment and he's going up in the polls. Why? Because people don't trust the government. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, if people trusted the government, if they had any integrity... Okay, we're in a real bad spot in the country right now in that regard. People have lost faith in institutions. They don't think justice is blind. And when you realize that we're now at the precipice of a presidential major party nominee being under as many as four indictments is what we're looking at right now, and it doesn't have any effect on his polling, okay, that's not a reflection on Trump supporters. That's a reflection on the integrity of our government. Bingo. Okay, there was a time in this country where the government moving, where the feds moving on a politician meant the end of his career. You'd get some hastily written statement about wanting to spend time with his family. And then, you know, he'd fly off to an all-inclusive with his side chick. I love it when you talk dirty. But, you know, the point is every one of these corrupt dirtbag politicians used to go down if somebody indicted them. But now the government has spent so much time trying to paint Trump as a corrupt dirtbag politician that they've painted themselves into a corner where nobody believes them anymore. You understand the same people that are indicting Donald Trump come from the same intelligence community and the same Department of Justice that killed the Hunter Biden laptop story. Okay, that literally interfered in an election. If they would interfere in 2020, you know they'd interfere in 2024. There's polling out right now. It says 64% of independent voters think the persecution of or the prosecution of Donald Trump is politically motivated. So that doesn't carry any sway with anybody. But then when you hear things like, oh, yeah, no, the Bidens. Okay, we have bank records. We have photos. We have notes from Joe to Hunter's business partners. We now have sworn testimony that he talked to his business partners on 20 different occasions. Okay, so they want you to believe he's never talked to Hunter about his business, but he has talked to his business partners 20 times, just not about business. I mean, come on, man. Seriously, like with a straight face, that's what they're telling you. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. No, I mean, he he talked to his son's business partners uh, naturally, just not about business. Because he didn't talk to his son about business, you understand? That's where this started. This is Biden back on the campaign trail. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader, if that's what happened? And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the the presidency to try to do something to smear me. How about the irony? Because he's at a public event there and don't stop believing is playing in the background. Because <laughs> He needs people to keep believing the garbage that he's peddling right there. But you understand the way this has changed. Again, when you're trying to solve a murder, if you're questioning a suspect, OK, you spot the guilt in other questions. You don't walk in and go, hey, did you kill her? No. This guy's going to say, what is he going to say? Yeah, you got me. Yes. No, it's through the other contradictions you catch them in. So that's Joe Biden way back when, okay, saying, nah, never, never spoke to my son about his overseas business. Trump, Trump should be investigated for overseas business dealings. Trump threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine. I mean, you got to investigate that guy. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Biden again and again and again 
We just played you the tape of him bragging because he literally threatened to withhold aid from Ukraine. Okay, he did the thing that Trump got impeached for asking about. And is anybody concerned about foreign influence like Jake Tapper or Elizabeth Warren bringing up that tape? The answer would be no. Nope. What they're talking about is, you know, manufactured defenses now. Oh, it was the illusion of access. They didn't. He wasn't getting access. Hunt, you see, what they want you to believe is, no, no, Hunter was selling all this influence by telling them he could get them Joe. It was an illusion. But Trump wasn't actually involved, you see. In fact, he called in 20 different times, went out to dinner with his business partners just to show everybody how uninvolved he was going to be in this deal. Are you stupid or something? (laughs) Here's Jim Jordan. He's on Hannity. It's clip nine. The president said he had no involvement, no involvement except dinners, phone calls and 30 plus meetings with Hunter Biden's business partners. I mean, what, what in 30 plus meetings, 20 some phone calls, dinners with the, the the wealthiest woman in Russia. And all they talked about was the weather we're supposed to believe. And the Democrats say this is some illusion of access. That looks like real access to me when you got 30 some times. Hunter Biden's business partner is showing up at Joe Biden's house or at the White House having meetings with with the vice president while he's vice president. That looks pretty much more than an illusion to me. That looks real. He's not lying. Okay. How many times, how many times have you asked for access to something? They said, no, you don't have access to this. But then proceeded to give you access to it on 30 different occasions. It doesn't work that way, okay? They had access. Getting on the phone is access. Meeting him for dinner is access. What other definition of access could you possibly give me? You understand? They went out to dinner. They talked on the phone. He came to the White House. There's no other place you could go in the name of access. Like what? Does he want to go into the bathroom with him and watch him go potty? Like what other access could you give him? I'm just saying, I'm just like, what other access could you give them? No, I mean, other than the fact that we ate together, drank together, talked on the phone together, traveled together and had you over at the White House. No access. Okay, by by this definition, I don't I don't have access to my wife because we've you know, we've only spoken a few times today. (laughs) Woke up in the same house, had breakfast together. No, no access. None. Zero. I have no access to Jenny Phil. I mean, it's insane. It's laughable on its face. But you understand this is what they're down to, and it's now becoming a semantic debate. It, this started – don't ever forget. This started with Hunter Biden was an in-business and didn't have a laptop. That's where this started. Now it's at, all right, fine, laptop, business. Joe was on the phone with the business partners, but there was nothing going on. Okay, I'm telling you, the president is corrupt. The president is compromised. Okay, straight up. They're an influence-peddling scam. Okay, that's what they are, straight up. Okay, because you don't tell those beginning lies unless you're concerned about the end lie. Okay, and that's where we find ourselves now. We've verified all of the beginning lies to be exactly what we knew them to be, which was lies. Now we've made our way up to the end lie, okay, which is whether or not the Bidens were making money off of this and shaking down foreign governments. And we know the answer to that question is yes. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The critics have spoken. You do that again and I'll break every bone in your body. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Listen to this man. It's a crazy report out here on Fox Business. Uh, as President Biden promoting his green energy push, other nations are reaping the economic benefits as U.S. dollars flow to countries like Russia and China. What do they have in common? They gave big money to the Bidens. Big money. U.S. relies heavily on Chinese for solar energy. With Beijing share in all key stages of global solar panel manufacturing set to rise than more than 95% in the coming years. You understand when it comes to solar energy, China, China, as Trump would say, I love China, that whole thing. China gets 95%, 95% of global solar manufacturing is in China. Our biggest geopolitical foe in the world is now responsible for 95% of the solar energy we're pushing. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Are you, like That's insane. Okay, China, who steals, you know, a trillion dollars worth of intellectual copyrights from us every year, who accidentally leaked COVID on the world and then lied about it. Those folks. China is also responsible for the production of 60% of the world's wind turbines and electric car batteries as Biden pushes investments in wind farms and EVs. Do you understand our biggest enemy, the people trying to overtake us as the world leader, are also responsible for what they are trying to make our entire energy sector? Okay, that's what you're dealing with right now. The uranium supply comes from other nations like Kazakhstan and Russia. Weird. What do they have in common? They were at dinner with the Bidens, too, and sent millions of dollars. I'm telling you, man, this is crazy stuff one way or the other. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, the magic show. Back in action for another big hour. Of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We got a lot going on. Diamond Dave Landau is out on the road. He's going to be stopping by for a State of the Union. I'm also going to get into it with a couple of you guys at 888-788-9910. We're going to discuss right now, we're going into election mode here in the bunker uh, for the next hour. We're going to be talking about the 2024 election. Uh, And the big question right now uh, revolves around, of course, the prosecution of Donald Trump. Well, in this hour, okay, I'm going to share with you a guest essay that was written in the New York Times of all places that says the prosecution of Donald Trump could backfire all over the Democrats. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Might be more than just Joe Biden. 888-788-9910. You want to weigh in and co-host the next hour of the show. Um, You know, it's a it's a wild day today, man. Okay, we've got crazy wildfires out in Hawaii that we continue to monitor. Very sad story. Thirty six people dead that we know of. We've got new smoking gun evidence about the Biden family and that corruption. And it now sounds like the oversight committee is going to subpoena everybody, including Joe Biden. Come on, man. I don't know. Okay, and now, of course, we've got this ongoing arraignment of Donald Trump today. Uh, Trump has waived his right to appear in person, but is being arraigned nonetheless uh, for another slew of charges. It's this is a really dumb time to be alive. So let me get you up to speed on where we find ourselves. Okay, Um, in a New York Times guest essay, Jack Goldsmith, 
Jack Goldsmith, if you remember him, he was a former assistant attorney general for George W. Bush. Jack Goldsmith. Okay, he wrote a guest essay in the New York Times warning that the prosecution could have terrible consequences for America. And here's a newsflash. He's right. Okay, I was telling you this when the absurd Alvin Bragg indictment came down. We've never delved into Banana Republic territory before. Okay, we're there now. Okay, we were a country that, to its credit, had never indicted a president in the 247-year history of the country. Now we've indicted a president four different times. What the hell is the world coming to? Now, to be clear, the fourth indictment we expect to come down on as early as Monday, this according to Donald Trump himself. But here is Goldsmith uh, basically arguing that the push to prosecute former President Donald Trump may be a tragic one that could have terrible consequences for America. He worries that the effort will likely paint the Department of Justice as an irretrievably politicized institution for much of the country that already view the department with suspicion following the Russian collusion investigation into Trump and seemingly softball treatment of Hunter Biden scandals. Additionally, he voices concern that Trump's prosecution may lead to future administrations and Congress pursuing tit-for-tat investigations in an era where politics are increasingly criminalized, meaning the Republicans could ultimately retaliate when they take power by investigating some of the Democrats who have held on to power in the past. This is not okay. Okay, that is the concern here. And he said the prosecution, which might be justified, reflects a tragic choice that will compound the harms to the nation for Mr. Trump's many transgressions. If the prosecution fails, especially if the trial concludes after a general election that Trump loses, it'll be a historic disaster. But even if the prosecution is successful, the cost to the legal and political systems will be large. So you understand, right now, as he writes this op-ed, 64% of independent voters say this is a politically motivated prosecution. 64% of independent voters, the people who decide elections, are saying our Justice Department is not doing this because of the law. They're doing this because of their political motivation. Do you know how much that discolors the perception of the Justice Department? If voters actually go, oh, the Justice Department, they're not here for justice. They're here for politics. Okay, it's not for right and wrong. It's not for cause. It's for control. Okay, people feel that way now. Just imagine them sitting through four potential trials, the first one of which is supposed to be Alvin Bragg, who, oh, by the way, is trying to ring Trump up on federal charges, despite the fact that he doesn't have the jurisdiction to do so as a Manhattan district attorney. This is a triple Lindy, if you will, where you've got to bounce off multiple, you know, diving boards in order to get into the pool. It's ridiculous, not conventional in any sense of the word. And what does it all stem from? Something the feds could have charged Trump with five years ago. The fact that he slept with a stripper, or in this case a porn star, and paid her in check instead of in singles. That's what we're talking about here. They could have charged Trump for five years ago for the fact that he hooked up with Stormy Daniels. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But they didn't charge him because they were like, this is no, this guy's the president. This is a stupid thing to do to the country. And at the end of the day, they were consenting adults that made an agreement. Okay, so they didn't go forth with the prosecution. But what did that ultimately do when Alvin Bragg decided to open up the floodgates to a prosecution of a former president? 
It sent a signal around the country that everyone else could do it too. Now, where this is going to backfire on the Democrats is twofold. Yes, people have already lost faith in the justice system. I mean, I think what Jack Goldsmith is warning about, sadly, it's already here. Okay, you understand when it comes to Russian collusion. It was made up by these sick people. And these sick people happen to work at the Justice Department. They happen to work in our intelligence community. Okay, so anybody who's been paying attention goes, wow, government tried to railroad a sitting president, run him right out of office. Okay, the whole purpose of the Mueller probe is like these indictments today. The process is the punishment. The process is the punishment. You'd kill Trump in a death by a thousand cuts scenario where he'd ultimately self-destruct, get frustrated with all the leaks, fire Robert Mueller, and create the perception that there was a there there. Oh, he fired Mueller. He was getting close to the collusion, you see. We had to fire the guy. This was bad news. And ultimately, that's what they wound up doing. Trump got, okay, besieged, besieged with anonymous, anonymously sourced bombshells, you know, breaking new CNN. The walls are closing in. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. But they stayed the course and never, never fired Mueller because they didn't have anything to hide, you dig? And so ultimately when the report came out, the story quickly pivoted from, well, it wasn't Russian collusion. It was obstruction of justice, you see. He wasn't cooperating enough with the investigation. Let's get him for that one, guys. Come on. Bill Barr's corrupt, I tell you. There was collusion. He just wouldn't let us find it, you see. But that's not how it went on. It was a special counsel. It was appointed, okay, under Jeff Sessions as the attorney general. And away we went. But you got to get it, okay, because what's happening here is the charge constantly changes, constantly changes. First, he was a Russian agent. Not true. Then it was obstruction of justice. Not true. Then he was, you know, in Ukraine threatening to withhold foreign aid. Not true. But Biden did. We play the tape all the time. Okay. Then it became Stormy Daniels. Then it became federal documents. Now it's January 6th. And the problem they're having, okay, is these stories are impossible to follow. This is not like an OJ case where he's being accused of killing his wife. Yes or no. This is 77 moving parts. If a plane leaves Chicago at the same time a boat sails from, you know, somewhere down in Loxahatchee, Florida. You know, that's the problem. And the people can't follow it because it's just one exhaustive attempt on Trump's political life after another. And at this point, more people think the Democrats are corrupt than he is. That's just reality. That's why he's getting indicted every Tuesday and Thursday and his poll numbers are going up. So when you hear the New York Times actually giving just giving some space to a Republican, don't ever forget, this is the same New York Times that once had half of the newsroom threaten to resign because they were going to publish a Tom Cotton op-ed. <laughs> like, hell no! We ain't working here no more. Remember, they went crazy. Okay, they wound up firing a senior editor because he dared normalize. That's what they, How do you normalize this stuff? Like, do you remember when they tried to fire Jimmy Fallon? I'd love to talk about this. And this is where everybody needs perspective, and you need perspective, Okay. Donald Trump, the politician, was not a scintilla different from Donald Trump, the celebrity figure. Okay, 
when Donald Trump was a celebrity TV host and a billionaire real estate developer, yes, he was crass and pugnacious, talked a lot of smack, had a weapons-grade ego, was given to bombast on a comical level. That being said, he was a constant in the public eye because he was friends with everyone in polite society. He hung out with Barbara Walters a lot. He went on, I mean, let's be clear, okay? He was a guy who went on The View a lot, okay? The View was awful. Maybe so, but he was on Oprah all the time, okay? He was on Howard Stern when Howard was the king of all media. Now we whine so much, he's like the Prince Harry of all media. But the point is, Howard used to be super relevant before he went to Sirius. And Trump was a part of that show. Okay, Trump was always on Morning Joe. Trump was obviously hosting a television program on NBC for 15 years. And what happened is when he entered into politics, everybody who was a fan of his, everybody who came to his parties, suddenly turned around and was like, no, no, this is the love child of Darth Vader and spray-tanned Hitler. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's what they did. All the people who hung out with him were suddenly like, I don't know, this guy is an existential threat. All the Democrats who took his donations, you know, the Clintons of the world, suddenly were like, he's an out-of-touch billionaire. That's one thing if he's sending us money. Okay, some of those billions. And even the Republicans, like you think about a guy like Mitt Romney, who craved Trump's endorsement when he was running for president himself, only to turn around when Trump was the candidate and say this guy was a charlatan and a grifter and he was no good and he was going to get us all killed. But think about this. When the election was over and Trump won, what did Mitt Romney do? Mitt Romney went ahead and interviewed with Trump for a job in his administration. That was embarrassing. Think about that. The transactional nature of people in this day and age has created a manufactured hysteria around Donald Trump. It's manufactured. You see, when Jimmy Fallon had Donald Trump on in the run-up to the 2016 election, he almost got canceled. He almost got fired from The Tonight Show. The blowback was so severe because they claimed he had normalized Donald Trump by joking with him and messing up his hair on a show. Ah, you normalized Donald Trump, okay? Never mind that Donald Trump was on the network for 15 previous years. Jimmy Fallon couldn't normalize Trump because he'd already been normalized. You think about this. Donald Trump hosted Saturday Night Live in November of 2015. November of 2015, he hosted Saturday Night Live. He was the host of the show for the second time in his life. Do you know what Saturday Night Live did in November the following year? They opened the show with a rendition of Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah because Trump had won the election and they thought it was the end of the world. That was absolutely dreadful. It was the actual death of shame, the actual death of comedy, a show he hosted a year ago. Okay, again, if Trump is Hitler, that makes NBC Goebbels. They employed him for 15 years before he took over the country. Think about that. It's a manufactured hysteria by people who are operating from a place of emotion that denies them the self-awareness that should otherwise tell them they're crazy. They look insane and unhinged to regular people. Every time Trump gets indicted, he's probably going to get indicted again this Monday. OK, the people doing it look a little crazier. OK, and Trump's poll numbers go up a little more. He talks about that a lot. OK, why does he talk about it? Because it's true. Okay, you're dealing with a Justice Department right now that people have no faith in. And now you see an election is coming up and you hear even The New York Times being willing to acknowledge what a fool's errand this is for the Democrats. Okay, because if they prosecute Donald Trump, 
in a weird way, it's like the old Edgar Allan Poe book, the cast of Amontillado. You think you're walling in your enemy, but you're building a fortress around yourself. And that's essentially what's happening to our Justice Department. Okay, they think they're boxing in Trump, but every time they make a move on him, okay, he's a little bit better off in the polls. Here he is saying it, clip 34. Everyone can see the stunning contrast between our incredible success and Joe Biden's horrendous failures. And that's one reason why we're leading so big in the polls. That's really the reason, I think. It's more enthusiasm now than 2016 or 2020 because you've seen how incompetent these people are. One more indictment that I think this election's over. One more. No, it's horrible. You get indicted for nothing. (laughs) He's not wrong, though. They just keep indicting a guy. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. And so is everybody else. You know, and that's the reality we're living in right now. Okay, the manufactured hysteria around Donald Trump is how they justify doing unprecedented things to the guy. That's what we're dealing with now. But the fantasy world that makes this stuff okay is becoming an increasingly smaller bubble that the Democrats happen to find themselves living in. And every time they pass down another indictment, they get really excited. Okay, but what they're finding out in the polls is that if this is the plan to stop Trump, oh, man, another indictment. Is this going to bring him down, you guys? Not even close. He's the host you shouldn't get too close to. A lot of things about me you don't know anything about, Daddy. Things you wouldn't understand. Things you couldn't understand. Things you shouldn't understand. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. Here we go. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to get into the phones and talk about this Trump situation. Dan batting leadoff in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yo, Dan. Hey, Jimmy. How you doing? My man. I'm doing, man. It's it's Thursday. The country's on fire. But, yeah, you know, other sir. than that, other than that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so I wanted to ask in reference to uh, Donald Trump's indictments. We, we, we spend a lot of time thinking about that. But what, what happens when he's either convicted or found not guilty? I think his poll numbers go up either way. I will tell you this, man, there, a, a conviction is not going to stop his base from voting for him uh, because nobody nobody believes in the DOJ. I mean, that's that's just reality. Like when everybody warns you like, oh, we could lose faith. We've clearly lost it. If a guy's yeah, been indicted <laughs> three times and the poll numbers are going up, it doesn't mean his supporters are crazy. It means people who've been paying attention realize the government's been up to no good. So that's the racket. And um, my prediction, man is that a conviction wouldn't stop him. I'm going to throw that question out to other people, but would you vote for him even if he was convicted? I think at the point and what our options are at this time, yes. It's fascinating because I don't think you're going to be alone if we go to the phones on that. Uh, Dan, how's everything else in Kalamazoo, the home of Derek Jeter? It's great, uh, except for uh, our our leader in Lansing. <laughs> Listen, I'm doing my part to get Tudor Dixon into office. She's great on the show, right? Yeah, she's awesome. I don't know how you stayed blue uh, I, that I, one. I don't know how. I, I don't know how we lost to her. So it is. It's un, uh, unbelievable that the whole freaking 2020 election. There's so many states. That I, I'm so shocked by the results, but I guess a lot of it, you know, mail-in and stuff like that, they were able to get that turnout up. Yeah, we had uh, we had that all over the place in Kalamazoo. We had, they specifically put voter boxes all over town, and 
there were a lot of questions as to whether the people collecting the ballots from them were actually yeah. working uh, for the voting. But but we're, anyway, I mean, we're never going to we, get a straight answer said, on that. But go ahead. She, right. She said before, Tudor herself, is that we've got to do a better job of how we uh, play politics in our elections. And I think she's right. So, yep. And I will and I will tell her you said so. I know it'll mean a lot. Uh, great call. I'm going to lose you to a commercial, but let's do it again. All right, brother. The Take great, care, brother. Have a good weekend. You, you too, my man. The great Dan in Kalamazoo, Michigan. We love him. Passing on some advice to Tudor Dixon. Let me go call down to the bar and see if I can get her. Good talk. More of your calls after this on Fox Across America. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Back in action. Having a grown-up talk about the 2024 election. Let's head up to WVMT. Dennis is in Salisbury. Dennis. So, Jimmy, um, I go through twice as much hand cleaner to clean my hands to go on the phone as I used to before you got this gig and started provoking me to call. But uh, the biggest difference uh, I perceive, and I know you don't like to get into the Democrat and Republican thing, but the biggest thing I perceive as the uh, difference between the majority of the Democrats and the majority of Republicans is one of character. If irrefutable evidence of Trump actually believing that the 2020 election and the legal process after we're all legit was discovered, the majority of his voters would support his arrest and imprisonment for stringing us along. Mm -hmm. But if irrefutable evidence of uh, Biden's political corruption and election rigging were brought forward and Biden himself confessed to those things, his voters would say, finally say, you can't listen to anything he says. He's got cognitive handicaps. A hundred percent. If they find the good, you're going to laugh. My cousin Cindy um, listens to the show in day drinks. And uh, she she texted me that earlier, that if they if they find the goods on Biden, they're going to plead dementia. And they're just going to be like, all right, he's going to step down as president. That's that. That's that's what we're looking at now. We're being governed by a guy who might post an insanity defense against criminal charges. Yet they're also willing to run the guy again. I mean, what a wild season of America, no? I can't I can't believe it myself. And, and uh, you know, we're we're approaching third world status. And uh, I don't think that we can that we can morally uh point to anybody else's elections and and the way they handle things and say we do it better this is the biggest problem we have like in terms of election integrity okay trump claimed it was stolen hillary claimed it was stolen now you could say she conceded more graciously and they didn't have a january 6th but they did challenge the vote certification in the electoral college and they did essentially stage a soft coup after the guy was sworn in which was the Mueller probe so the reality is you know there needs to be some kind of of a, an, a legitimate like special counsel probe into election integrity, if for no other reason than the fact that we need buy-in from people, if this is a sustainable business model. Jim, Jimmy, if I find a if I find a bug that's been placed in my house, uh, you know, for a warrant, a warrant has allowed them to wiretap my house, and I find out about it, and I spill a beer on it, or hit it with a fly swatter and break it, um, do I have to pay for its repair or replacement? <laughs> I mean, in theory, no, but where are you going with this? 
Well, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Well, uh, it's an honor to be on the FBI watch list with you, Dennis. Thanks, Jimmy. We'll do it hey, again. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah. What? What do you got? Tell me my call was worthy. Oh, no. Uh, beyond worthy. I mean, I did change the game. A broadcast history was made. I'll probably win three Marconis for this call alone. Good stuff, Dennis. There he goes. Ross is in New Jersey. Yo, Ross. Jimmy, what's going on? How we doing? Yo, man. It's, uh, you know, well, you know, I always say the world's on fire when we're roasting radio marshmallows, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. But it's the kind of blaze now where he just burnt the hair off my fingers. It's quite a it's quite a blaze this week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, look, I'll take your mind off politics for a bit. I want to get your opinion on something. We've got Elon Musk and we've got Mark Zuckerberg planning on, you know, fighting it out in the ring, streamed on X. Uh-huh. Want to know where you're putting your money? I know you're a big better. <laughs> well, listen, man, I've been telling people all over the channel, this is going to be a nerd fight. Let's start there. Okay. All right. These guys are yeah. these guys are both super nerds. Okay. They're tech wizards. One guy's building rockets, the other guy's building apps. And what I actually uh-huh. predict is a poor quality fight. A lot of flailing, a lot of crying. I think these guys are gonna I get mean, a, Mark emotional. is jujitsu. I don't know if you've seen I him. know, like, but this is the thing. And he, he's like insane. He, I know, and he looks like he's in shape, okay? But at his core, he's a nerd. Okay, and it's hard for me to believe in either of these guys. I give the physical (laughs) advantage to Mark because Elon Musk is a fat stoner. Okay, but that being said, I I, this is a tough one for me. I mean, if I was going to bet it, I guess you'd have to. Man, I think you'd have to bet Zuckerberg. But yes, but this is this is the problem, Ross. This is where it gets dicey. So I've seen those videos of him doing Taekwondo. And uh, or whatever jujitsu would he be? Yeah, okay. He looks good. He beats a guy and all of that stuff. But you got to understand, when you're that level of wealthy, you can belong to activities designed to boost your ego and make you look good. <laughs> I mean that, okay? So like, there are guys that go to hunting clubs where they have stacked the woods with so many deer. The deer are actually shooting themselves. And it's like it's impossible for you to leave there and not feel like you were a good hunter. It's like when they take a foreign head of state fishing somewhere in Texas right. and they dump <laughs> and they three billion fish in a pond. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. I, I don't know if he's fighting legitimate competition, but I do know Elon Musk isn't working out. And that's a bad yeah. thing for a fighter. They call him the walrus. Yes, they right. get, he's a walrus. And here's the other thing. He bought Twitter and surrounded himself by so many other nerds who just, you know, bootlick and tell him he's wonderful all day, that I think he's soft. Do you remember in Rocky Three when the movie opens with him fighting tomato cans and Mr. T is yeah, just yeah, doing yeah. pull-ups and checking out Adrian? And that's, yeah. you know, Zuckerberg has I'm a little bit of a Mr. That. T yeah. thing going. I'm a little bit of an eye of the tiger, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So would you bet, hey, Zuck? It's going to be a great fight. You know, the mm-hmm. battle of liberal versus libertarian, it's going to be great. I know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I honestly was going to, you know, tell whatever you were going to do with this, but I would, obviously you're a little too afraid to put your name out there and, and pick one of the two. Well, no, so no, I just said if I had research. to bet it, I would bet Zuckerberg. I'm not afraid of anything. Do you know how dead I am on the inside? I have no fear. Bring it on. Oh, all right. But, uh, Zuck, we're going Zuck. All I love right. it. Zuck for the win. We'll talk. I'll be out and uh, I'll listen. I'll be in Vegas at the end of the month. I'll get a, I'll get a, a futures bet down for you, okay? Good yeah, stuff, you Ross. Throw me in there. All right, my man. I'll see you soon. There he goes. This is the kind of hard-hitting journalism you get on Fox Across America. Who's going to win, Zuckerberg <laughs> or Elon Musk? Uh, the truth is Elon Musk has an advantage because Zuckerberg is a robot, and he can just unplug him. Like, people don't get this. But if you grew up in the 80s, okay, we had a show called Small Wonder. 
Becky was the name of the robot. And Zuckerberg is just the, the male prototype. Like they decided at the time they couldn't, you know, they didn't know if they wanted to go with a male, female, just a male, just a female. Ultimately, they decided to go just a female. And then that robot just kind of hung around and invented Facebook. And now we have Mark Zuckerberg. But this is the thing. All the weird tantric meditation exercises and macrobiological diets and everything else that sustains a guy like Mark Zuckerberg, all the training regiments, all the MMA guys. One of them, one of the guys invited to train with him comes on the show, Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. He's a former cage fighter. Okay, he's tight with Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg invited him to come train. Okay, so he's got the right people around him, but you got to understand he's still a nerd. Okay, guys that are nerds at at heart didn't grow up getting punched, didn't grow up getting beat up by their older brothers. You know, I grew up in a town where like I've not, I, the most fascinating thing for me about Zuckerberg versus Elon Musk is if it's a one-on-one fight. Because I grew up in Nassau County. I've never seen a one-on-one fight in person. I've seen two people get into a fight and 57 other people immediately jump in. I've seen that a lot of times. <laughs> you never see a one-on-one. You know, you'll see like, what are you looking at, Nick? I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. And then the other guy responds. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. And then the next thing you know, 83 people are. But if you grew up uh, around fights in suburbia, and I, listen, I argue, this is the best thing about Elon Musk fighting Mark Zuckerberg. We need to bring back fights. We do. I think shootings go down. I think stabbings go down. Okay, right now, the fact that we don't have good old-fashioned fist fights, you know, within reason, don't kill anybody. I'm not advocating for real damaging violence. But back in the day, you used to get smacked in the face. Somebody kick you in the ass or shove you, something like that, and you were like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, freshen up. Get, your, get it together. Stop acting that way. Okay? I think that would help a little bit, in all honesty. I really do. And that's where I think maybe this will usher back in a golden age of – you know, mild discipline, okay? I cannot advocate for violence on the air uh, or off it, but it might be a good thing if we saw some of these nerds beat each other up a little bit. But the reality is when the nerds get into their first real fights, remember the old Mike Tyson adage, talking to Bill Hemmer about this yesterday on the air, everybody has a plan till they get belted in the mouth, till they get hit in the mouth. That's the problem with guys like Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. Like Elon Musk is a, you know, he's a pudge ball. He's a horny guy with nine kids. He's, you know, he's capable of laughing at himself and losing the fight. Zuckerberg has an emotional investment in this fight. Okay, and the problem is he is going to get emotional because he's a real, like an actual nerd, like a mega nerd. He could be worth a trillion dollars. He could be a billionaire sociopath. But at his core, he's a nerd. And, you know, the potential for him to let us all down is vast. Okay, this isn't obviously the only battle going on in the world. We're... Big talk about the first GOP primary debate, which is going to air on our channel on August the 23rd. Uh, Denise in Mount Dora, Florida, has a take on this. Yo, Denise. Hey, Jimmy. How you doing? Hey, girl. Florida sounds great right now. (laughs) Oh, dude, it's a little bit too hot, but we love everything else. Uh, yeah, no, I'll t- I'll take it. Um, well, speaking of Florida, I know your governor's going to debate. Do you think Trump is showing up? Um, no way. Uh, I think it's uh, wishful thinking on Fox News part. Sorry for, for ratings. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly for ratings. But there's no way he's gonna gonna go for that pledge to support whoever the primary voters choose. Yeah. Well, this is the That's thing. Just- I I heard him say that, 
And uh, you know, I I think the play I don't like the pledge. I think it's I think it's dumb because obviously there's so much we don't know at this point about how the nominee gets chosen. So I agree. I'm not, you know, crazy about a pledge one way or the other. But I think that's the difference between our parties, though. The Democrats would sign a pledge because they rally. They want to beat us so bad. We want to beat each other sometimes more than we want to beat them. And I think that's the difference. That's that's why that's why we didn't deliver in the midterms. Yep. Well, that, I mean, literally, that's that's just that's uh, bad. I mean, I would choose I would take anybody that's going to be on the debate stage over whoever the Dems put up. But I know that's me. I know. You're, but you get it. You know, some people yeah, I get don't. It. We're, we're very, you know, we're very it's a weird time. It's a very divided time, not just in the country, but within the parties. But that's the one thing about the Democrats is they are sociopaths. They you, like they're capable Okay, of supporting things they hate, like the Democrats hated Joe Biden. You understand they were the party of like Bernie Sanders and AOC and they wanted socialism and they wanted, you know, like an Elizabeth Warren or somebody like that. And essentially they were capable of rallying around Joe Biden because they would just promise, don't worry, we'll make this old man implement your agenda anyway. And they were able to hold their noses and vote for the guy. I don't know that Trump guys could vote DeSantis. I don't know that DeSantis guys can vote Trump. And that's scary because it might be one or the other. So is this the yeah. moment? Is this the moment where Kanye sweeps in and steals it? <laughs> no, but if you want to speak to Santos, I am actually in the sixth congressional district and have voted for him since 2012. Okay, so I know the guy. And you think in that sense. and you think very highly of him. I do. I went to his town halls, and I um, yes, I thought I all right. So let, very highly let, of him. let's have this conversation. I'm just going to force okay. you to stay on the phone. I want to ask you this. Oh, okay, then. Um, okay. At his town halls. Do people mm-hmm. like him? I know I know his policies are sharp. I know he's done a good mm-hmm. job of running the state. But does he connect with voters? Because the big critique is that he doesn't. Well, you know what? <laughs> to be honest, what I saw in the town hall was that he was very popular with the constituents. There was a small handful of dissidents there, the Dems, and just a, it was literally a small handful. Um, and they were not happy with how his policies were and how he would not back down from how he felt. And he, you know, that DeSantis came in on the Tea Party. So he was totally went, we voted him in to go and, you know, get rid of Obamacare and yeah, yeah. balance the budget and all that. So we were all for that. But there was one thing, he, I have to tell you this story. I stood up and I asked a question and I said, okay, how are you doing on the term limits bill that I'm pretty sure it was he and um, uh, Ted Cruz had um, introduced, mm-hmm. co sponsored? And uh, the Dems who had been all upset about everything that he had to say, their leaders stood up and said, now that we will support you on. And everybody erupted and, and clapped. So that proves to me that the constituents love the fact that he's not a swamp dweller. Fair. He doesn't want the swamp to be and the uniparty to be you know, running the whole show. Yep. Well, listen, that one thing I like about him is I actually think DeSantis would be a super effective president. I think mm-hmm. the problem with doing the job is getting the job. It's going to be a right. food yeah. fight, girlfriend. It is going to yep. be. Buckle up. <laughs> it is. The it's real housewives of Washington, D.C. It's going to be amazing. They're gonna yeah, have, yeah. You know, this campaign's going to be on got, Bravo. He's got my vote. He's got my vote. I, yeah. Anytime he's on the ballot, I will be voting for him because his policies are so great and he's effective at, at implementing them. So. We'll, t- we'll take it. Uh, great stuff, Denise. We'll do it again, girlfriend. Have fun down there, okay? okay? Hey, hey, girl. <laughs> there she goes. Denise says she's voting for DeSantis no matter what. Get her out. Get her out of here. 
a show that's taking orders from the big man upstairs. We're on a mission from God. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Holding this country together. 888-788-9910. We're going to be talking to comedy sexiest man, Diamond Dave Landau, in the next hour. You know who's on tomorrow, by the way? Uh, A long overdue return to the show. Not only will Kennedy be here, uh, you can see her and I in Vegas at the Green Valley Ranch, August the 25th, Friday night. Don't get me too drunk. Do you know what I have to do after that show Friday night, you maniacs? I have to fly back to New York and host Fox News Saturday night, the 10 p.m. show. So it can only get so banged up in Vegas. I'm getting there Thursday. I'm flying out after Hannity uh, Thursday night the 24th. I'll get into Vegas around midnight, and the plan is to burn it to the ground. Walk on stage Friday night, do a show, get back on the plane at some point thereafter. I don't know when. I think I'm flying back like early Saturday morning. But uh, there are uh, some seats still available. If you want to go to the Green Valley Ranch, you'll see Kennedy and I. It is Friday night, August the 25th. Uh, Other dates that matter. This matters. Uh, You will see me in Helena, Montana. Hey, girl. At the Helena Civic Center, Friday night, October the 27th. Then we drive a few hours south on Saturday, October the 28th to hang out with my man Richard Meacham. And the KID listeners will be at the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls. The last time I was in Idaho Falls, oh, it was like the greatest day of my life. Me, Jenny, and Lincoln uh, went by, visited the radio station, had a phenomenal breakfast at Schmitty's. And then they thought so much of us, they let us go hang out with the bears at Bear World. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was crazy. Got to feed bears. It was outrageous. We loved it out there. So I can't wait to get back. It's going to be a banger. Uh, so that is all happening now. Tickets are on sale for Helena, Montana, Friday night, October the 27th. They're on sale now in Colonial Falls, uh, Saturday night, October the 28th. And next week, girlfriend, dig this. Uh, tickets are going to go on sale for the one-hour taping of my stand-up comedy special. You guys don't know that. I tell you guys everything. I tell you things like this will be on the news next week, and I'm telling you this early. I can get beat up for this. But uh, October the 13th, it's a Friday night, I am taping my one-hour comedy special uh, on Strong Island, where I grew up. Uh, and you'll get all the intimate details next week. I can only tell you that much. But the tickets for the taping go on sale next week. You'll hear all about it on the show. In the next hour, you'll hear about another comedian, Diamond Dave Landau who is heading out to the Carson Nugget September 30th. Old stomping grounds for this show and the KKFT listeners and the KSUE listeners. You'll see Diamond Dave in the house, and uh, we're going to have a grown-up talk about Kamala Harris because PolitiFact, of all places, just fact-checked Kamala's claims that she has high poll numbers. You are so full of sh- Is she ever. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. On time, ready to roll. Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Fired up in this hour, we're going to be talking to Diamond Dave Landau. We're going to be sizing up the 2024 election. And we're going to get into a little bit of Kamala Harris. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. you got to love Judge Jeanine. You just wish she wouldn't hold back so much. Uh, this is your invite to not hold back. 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of this show, 
We're going all 2024 in this hour because there's some updates regarding Donald Trump. And we're going to get into this fact check of Kamala Harris, ladies and gentlemen, who claimed last week in an interview that although she's the least popular vice president in the history of this country, that there are also some good poll numbers out there. This is just a funny one. The real listen. There's so much craziness going on in the world right now. I just wanted to have a loose, good chat. Uh, PolitiFact, though, which PolitiFact, you know, tries to claim it's impartial and they're just calling it. Come on, don't bullshit me. Okay, stop it. PolitiFact is loyal to the truth the way a chicken that works on the board of Popeyes is loyal to its fellow chickens. It's not, you know, it's not generally the primary concern. Okay, but let me give you this. The liberal website PolitiFact offered a brutal fact check of Vice President Kamala Harris's false claim that she has great approval ratings. During a recent interview with ABC News, Harris was asked about a dismal polling with the reporter pointing out how she had the lowest approval rating of any vice president. And, of course, Lindsey Davis on ABC, if you remember this, said, I'm curious, how much do you think race and gender play a role in that? That was embarrassing. Stop it. It's like it's so patronizing when reporters are trying to lead the witness and give them an out for their terrible performance. Like, let me explain this to you, okay? Anybody who says, ah, Kamala's unpopular, it's all these racist, misogynist Republicans. Okay, fair. Well, then what does that make the Democrats who had her polling at 1% when she ran for president? Oh, wow! Kamala, you're the least popular vice president ever. How much of that is the race and misogyny issues on the right side of the aisle? I mean, to be clear, she's polling at like 33%. That's actually 32% higher than where she was with just the Democrats voting. I mean, think about that. It's crazy. Think about that. She's actually 32% higher. Than when just the Democrats were voting. So were they racist? Were they misogynists? It's so cheap and stupid. But cheaper and dumber, okay, is the Kamala response. Well, there are polls that also say, I have great approval ratings. That is a fact check false. This according to Politico. Kamala said, I think the point that has to be made is that there were attempts to create distractions away from the accomplishments of our administration. And she's true about like that part. She's not lying about. Okay, the administration's not getting enough credit for its accomplishments. Like, for instance, no administration in history has ever let six million people cross the border. That's an accomplishment. We've never outsourced this much of our domestic energy production to our enemies on the other side of the world. I mean, that's a new thing. Biden is such a disaster. They deserve credit for that. Okay, a 40 year high in inflation. Give them credit for their accomplishments. Did you watch the Afghan troop withdrawal? It's one of the most embarrassing foreign policy debacles of our life. She's right. They deserve credit for their accomplishments. I mean, come on, man. Oh, shut up, woman. Here it is. Let me give you a little more. Okay. A little more of the Kamala stuff. Report published Tuesday pushing back on her claim, telling readers public polling results do not support Ms. Harris's assertion. At the time ABC News interview aired, 538's average was 39.7% of Harris's performance approving 
and 52.3% disapproving for a net of 12.6% underwater. Meanwhile, the most recent poll in which more people approved than disapproved of Harris's performance was from October of 2021. And that was more than a hundred polls ago. Think about that. So a hundred, it's been a hundred polls since she had a favor, a positive favorability rating. And even then, even then, she was only net favorable by two points. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! But you understand, these are things that could have been pushed back on a long time ago. Meaning the fact that she sucks and she's unpopular is something the media could have been writing about 99 polls ago. 98 polls, 96, 95, 94, 93. Okay, why are they coming out now becomes the question in this moment. Why is PolitiFact actually hitting them with this type of polling. It's the same reason why Trump is suddenly being indicted for things they could have indicted him for two years ago. They wanted to indict Trump for January 6th. You know when they could have did it? January 7th. <laughs> Seriously, January 8th and that, well, they could have right away, could have locked the guy up and anything, but they didn't. Okay, it was the political expediency of doing it now. Okay, Trump is running away with the GOP nomination Okay, and now they're hitting him with a process. The process is the punishment. Trump's not going to jail, guys. He's not going to jail. Okay, this is absurd stuff, but it's like the Mueller probe where they're trying to poison the well in the run-up to the 2024 election. But so far, it's not working, man. This lead's just getting bigger. Crazy. Okay, but the same reason they're kicking the tires on, hey, by the way, you guys know that uh, Kamala's full of right? You guys know that? Okay, they're starting to make these assertions. For the same reason you're starting to hear those stories about Biden's old and he might be corrupt. You're starting to hear this stuff because they realize there's a very limited window to get these people off the ticket. Something I was talking about to Denise about earlier, okay, is that the Democratic Party wants to beat the Republican Party more than they want to inhale oxygen and exhale. They need to beat you to live. They hate you at the top of that party with all the fiber in their being. And why do they do it? So they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. The liberal coastal elites, oh my God, if you knew how much they hated you and how much they, because they hate themselves. This, oh, look at the middle of the country. Look at the flyover states. These guys are dumb and they're racist. That's why Kamala Harris is polling so low. Granted, when she dropped out of the presidential primary, she was polling at 1% in her home state of California. But it's the middle of the country dragging her down, you see. Okay, no one's even listening to themselves. It's bananas. It's bonkers. But you're starting to see these pieces floated now, okay, for the sole purpose of the fact that it is a little bit politically expedient within the party. If they want to beat the Republicans, the Democrats are having serious doubts about this ticket. Okay, it's the least popular presidency in the history of the country. We've had depressions. We've had wars. We've had a lot of things go on that the public didn't agree with. And they were still between the two of them. There was somebody on the ticket with a favorable rating. Okay, we're dealing with, uh, you know, a situation here that's kind of unprecedented in that regard. 
And I think the Democrats who just want to win and just want to hold on to power more than anything in the world are starting to have some honest conversations. I say this all the time. People have gone to a wedding where you're sitting in the back of the pew and you're like, really, these two are getting married? Are you crazy? And if you haven't been to one of those weddings, it was your wedding that people were snickering in in the back of the church. That's true. That is true. Really, these two? I mean, I've been to one of those weddings. It was me and Jenny. We were in the front of the church. We're like, really, these two are getting married? This, is, this ain't going to last. And here we are, 17 years later. Nobody saw that coming, including us. You know how much money we lost in Vegas? Whew, my goodness. But the reality is, for Joe and Kamala, they are the union that everybody in the church is having doubts of. They're not really, well, I don't know if we can really sell this. You know, the border, the inflation, the crime, you know, this is a mess. The foreign policy. Did you guys see the CNN clip that's making the rounds on the Internet? Okay. CNN was polling voters on support for Ukraine. They're like, show of hands, how many people support more funding for Ukraine? Do you know how many hands they got? Zero. So you understand the accomplishments the Biden administration is trying to sell are not accomplishments people care about. Well, you know that country that gave my son more money than God? Well, we're giving them an unaudited $100 billion. You guys want to send them more? And they're not getting a yes. You know that climate spending nobody asked for, so we shoehorned it in under an Inflation Reduction Act? We could do more of that. Six million people across the border. I say 12 million people. We could do better than that, people. You understand, they have no accomplishment to hang their hat on that matters to anybody except the coastal elites. They're crazy. Climate change, gender transitions, you know what they are? White privilege. Rich white people can pursue such things because they have the luxury of doing so. When was the last time you were in a poor inner city community and someone was like, Mommy! I want a new gender. Mommy, stop what you're doing. I'm getting a new gender. Call me a new name. Mommy. (laughs) They're not doing that. Poor people don't transition. You know what else poor people don't do? They don't worry about what the weather's going to do in 50 years. If you're nervous about how you're going to pay your bills this month, okay, 70% of the country thinks it's headed in the wrong direction. Okay, if you're nervous about how you're going to pay your bills, how you're going to afford the 40-year high in inflation that's crushing people when they go to buy goods, think about that. You're worried about getting mugged on the way to the bodega or the bogada, as Jill Biden famously called it when she was trying to bond with Latinos. You're as unique as the breakfast tacos and the bogadas. What the hell did you just say? Every time a politician tries to make a connection with a minority community in the Democratic Party, what they ultimately wind up highlighting is that there is no connection. I think he's got a point. The bogadas. But you understand, if you're worried about getting mugged on the way to the bogada, you don't care what's happening with the climate. And if your kid says, I want a new gender, you're like, yeah, we don't have time for that right now. <laughs> I, I'd love to. I mean, are you crazy? I remember when I wanted roller skates in seventh grade. And, you know, this is four kids. Money's not always, like, flying around. And you're like, yeah, can you wait a few weeks? I Roller skates. Can you imagine I actually asked my parents for a new gender? What the hell did you just say? No, there's no way. It's white privilege. It's rich people. Okay, it's bananas, but that's how out of touch they are with the rest of the world. Hey, we'll run for reelection on rich people stuff. It'll be great. And then we'll tell them how we're going to build the economy from the bottom up and the middle out. No more of this trickle down stuff. That's what Biden said. 
as they closed every mom-and-pop business and then issued enhanced unemployment checks so the mom-and-pops couldn't hire and then implemented vaccine mandates so half the customers couldn't even go out. Okay, that's what they did. They were not a friend to the little guy. When Joe Biden hires 87,000 new IRS agents, who do you think's paying the bill? The little guy. Do you want to know why? Because the little guy is a pinata. Okay, if the IRS hits us with a letter, money flies out. Here's a check. What can I do for you? Okay, that's how it works. When they hit the big guy, you know what flies out? A lawyer, followed by a letter, followed by an accountant, followed by a stall tactic. And 10 years down the road, there might be some type of reduced settlement, but they don't hire 87,000 IRS agents because they think the big guy is just going to hand them a bunch of money. They hire 87,000 IRS agents because you are a pinata. Okay, you are an ATM machine, and the IRS knows your code. You understand? That's how it works. That can't be good. They don't have deliverables for the little guy, or any guy for that matter. I mean, if you're running a drug cartel, boom, you want Biden to do three terms. Okay? If you're just one of these people that's over there making all types of military contractor money in Ukraine, boom, 12 more years, 16 more years. What do you mean? He'll be old. He's old now. He's not in charge now. That's the point. He's not the president. He's the vessel. And he's allowing all these other bureaucrats to have power, a lot more power than they'd have in a traditional presidency. The problem is the people with all this power don't know what they're doing. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. The show that's crashing the establishment party. I don't recall seeing your name on the guest list. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I sometimes go by my maiden name. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Talk about learning things that no one in the world knows. I always say you come to Fox Across America... Because you have the highest security clearance anywhere. Anywhere in talk radio. No one tells you this much about their life. You talk, my kid comes on the show. My wife comes on the show. All kinds of, you know, I tell you when I kick Lincoln's ass in Madden. Shut your mouth. Whatever. I tell you a lot. I tell you everything about my personal life. Hey, we're going to eat lobster rolls last week. You guys let me know where to go. And I went to the place you recommended. Like, this is our thing. That's the point. It's not. I'm not the star of the show. We are. Well, we, you and me, are hosting Gutfeld tomorrow night. I am in for the Comedy Dwarf at 10 p.m. That's a big one. And that just came across my phone during the commercial break. So I'm pulling my life together. But tomorrow night, 10 o'clock, you will see me in the host's chair on Gutfeld. Tomorrow night. You heard it here first. But right now, I am not the main topic of this conversation. It's the guy in the White House and the people in the White House who have no idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. It is not lost on Peter, who's listening down in Tyler, Texas, on KTBB. Yo, Pete! Jimmy! My man! (laughs) Jim! Yo, I got you, Pete. Okay, from the beginning, I I remember election night 2020, Donald Trump was ahead of 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania. Uh Uh-huh. And he overcame Pennsylvania. Biden overcame Pennsylvania in the middle of the night. And more, and more than Pennsylvania, it was several states that it was overcome in the middle of the night, four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to figure out how many votes that they needed to move over. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, 
one way or the other, I know I I get why you feel the way you feel, because we've never seen voting stop and start and we've never seen all this mail in voting. The reality is nobody trusts elections right now. The Democrats said 2016 was stolen. Republicans believe 2020 was stolen. Uh, The best thing the country could do, full stop, is actually have like a special panel to investigate election integrity. But they don't want to do that. And the way the Democrats push back is they go, well, there'll be violence. We can't question the election. You can't talk about that. People will die. But when I hear somebody denying me a fair look into the process, that makes me trust it less, right? Well, yeah. And, um, you know, you remember a couple months ago, it was like the end of June, Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, goes over to China. Mm-hmm. Says, "Hey, we don't. We're all for the China One policy. You know, you. We're not for them being an independent state. You boys go ahead and do what you need to do." Yep. There is a uh, really weird thing going on in the White House right now, where they openly govern uh, without us in mind. It's very strange. Like they try to sell these as good things for the American people. But green energy is bad for us. One, because climate change is a scam. But two, because we're buying it all off the country that's trying to overthrow us. It's like we're China can't overthrow us without our money and we're just giving it to them. So it's it's bizarre. I'm, I'm glad you noticed, Pete. We always get the sharpest calls out of East Texas. Take a bow. Diamond Dave Landau is going to join us next to weigh in on the reality we all inhabit under this administration. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America Last. It's America's life coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are holding it down here in New York City, trying to contain our excitement that out in Rosemont, Next Friday, next Saturday, August 18th and 19th, comedy sexiest man will be at Zany's. And joining us now to lay down the law for all of you overzealous ladies uh, is Diamond Dave Landau. Hey, girl. Hey, baby. So what, how are we doing it this time around? Because I don't want you to have to pull a Cardi B and throw a mic at somebody. Um, are they bringing in extra security to stop the panty throwing? Like, what have we decided? Uh, they bring in some extra security. I mean, I do ask the crowd to whop me, uh, which, and then uh, I get angry and I throw mics at them. Um, I'm good. I just got. I'm no longer with Lizzo. Uh, she uh, she's been harassing me. It's been a rough week. That's a lot going on. Uh, well, your she's week might have body shaming me as a backup dancer. I, is that is that like the greatest thing in the world that she's she's calling them fat now or whatever the hell she's called? It's great. It's great. It's great. Yeah, uh, yeah, you don't want that. It's fantastic. Well, this is what happened to Lizzo. Okay, I guarantee you this is true. You know this is a creative. The fact that she was like a big girl and kind of sang about it and it was a hit, you know, made her like the face of a movement. And creatively, you don't want to be pigeonholed into one thing. So I bet you on some level she actually resents what's become of herself because now she just has to be big girl. And she might not want to be big girl year round. I don't know. No, and then you're surrounded by big girls because you're like, I support, I, I forgot I supported all of this. <laughs> and uh, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of support. I don't know where to go with this without fast jokes, and I feel bad. Um, <laughs> well, but, but you know, like, all right, let me, no, no, let me jump in. You know how rappers get to use certain words because they're members of, like, communities? We can tell fat jokes because we're not in shape. Exactly. <laughs> I, well, that's why she meant so much to me. <laughs> I always, I always looked up to her and around. And, yeah, <laughs> good for you. 
<laughs> Good for yeah, you. Yeah, it's just funny to me. It's I'm not surprised. Like I was kind of hoping it wasn't true because you always kind of look. Well, and I guess we'll find out as more comes out when you hear stuff like that. You're like, I don't know, maybe. But then after the whole like Ellen thing and dealing with certain people, it's like, oh yeah, there's there's just monsters in show business, well, and I've learned that uh, well. Oh, some of the worst people ever. Like the Ellen story is my favorite thing in the world because like she was like. A hurricane, dude. Like you, Brad Garrett. You do Brad Garrett's comedy club. Like Brad Garrett is a very above the fray guy. For him to, because yes. he jumped in, he was kind of the guy that like threw it over the top. Because it started with a dude's during COVID being like, "I'll give you like, uh, I'll make a hundred dollar donation to the food bank for every story about this supposed rumor that Ellen's a terrible person, but it's got to be verifiable." And within like three tweets, Brad Garrett was like, "Oh yeah, totally," <laughs> exploded. And he's super. He is super nice. That's why it's so funny. Where if he, and if he comes out about somebody, because- yeah. This is a guy who used to tour with, like, Sinatra. Uh-huh. He's pretty closed-lipped about stuff. Like, for him to come out about you, yeah. it's got to be really, really bad. <laughs> and, I, and I wasn't surprised. I mean, but because I had heard stuff, you know, from being a comic for years. But you can't really tell that to, you know, friends of yours and people that like her where it's like, no, no, I've heard she's terrible. It's like, yeah, it's probably just jealousy. It's like, yeah. no, she, like, degrades people. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. Nothing she was doing to the staff was worse than what she was doing to the audience. I mean, if we're going to be fair, no. that that no. <laughs> that many 50-year-old white women dancing in and out of commercial has to be considered a hate crime in some countries. I, I, it's, it's the most inappropriate thing I've ever seen on television. <laughs> I would rather... <laughs> I would rather watch a live murder. There's no, there's just, it's the worst. I hated well, every minute of that so, show. So do you know how, in the, this is a funny, mo- this is funny. Okay. Do you know how in the movie Casino at the end, the De Niro character, Ace Rothstein, is now doing TV and it's not going, he has like no self-awareness. And they're like, don't dance, yeah, Ace, the guy's a mess. Well. Ace is high. Yeah, yeah. Ace is high. <laughs> Ace is high. I, and by the way, I love that movie. It's like, I watch Casino clips constantly. I love that movie. Oh, it's a- it's a great movie, but yeah, it's it's him at his lowest point. <laughs> well, it's really funny. No one remembers this, but when Megyn Kelly left Fox, she went over to NBC. They gave her a bazillion dollars, uh, but the people at NBC just hated her. You know what I mean? They like they liked her the way a cat likes getting a bath. You know, there was just <laughs> nobody nobody liked her. Okay, and the yeah. show never had a chance. But one of the warm up comics on the show, you've probably met Ryan Reese around town. Do you remember Ryan? Yes, sir. Okay, hey, I do. I know Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, you know, warms up for John Oliver sometimes. Does He does The Daily Show. He does Seth Meyers. But the point is, from doing the clubs, uh, I remember when he was warming up, they added an audience to the Megyn Kelly show because it was tanking. And they're like, all right, well, maybe we'll bring an audience. We'll get it exciting. And that didn't work. So then they put in, I'm not kidding, a contrived segment where they just decided to start dancing. But it wasn't even like an Ellen where they were in and out of break. It was actually like they were sitting there at the table and she was just like, wow, this 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 story is like giving me the spirit. And she like it started snapping her fingers and they just got up and started dancing. And it was the most humiliating thing I've ever witnessed in showbiz. <laughs> and I, Why would you do that? And I, I don't know, but I don't doubt with the 67 million they gave her. She spent 66 of it killing that clip on the Internet. If somebody can find that clip and you're willing to post it and tag me and Diamond Dave Landau, Landau Dave on Twitter. Twitter, uh, I owe you something nice. That's all I can promise you. Maybe a, a backstage visit at one of our shows. I would. <laughs> yes, you can come and meet me if you can find that because I'd like to see it. There's no reason why you would go, listen, the crowd hated you. But I think <laughs> to get them to like you, you've seen Alan, right? <laughs> Dancing. 
Will I give stuff away? No, no, no. We don't have that budget. But if you want to dance. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I guarantee you, like, the EP of the show hated her and was like a mole and was like, you know what? We're going to make this thing worse. Watch this. And, like, we're going to put in a, sh- a, a dancing segment. And their friend was like, oh, dude, you are a, you are one sick, you know? <laughs> like, how dare yeah, you? Yeah, He's like, have you, have you seen her dance? And he's like, yeah, that's why I came up with it. Oh, and this it's going to be and so worse. And she is terrible. It's like it honestly might be the most embarrassing thing in the history in the history of television. It's bad because it's not like well, ta- the, there's, a, there's a reason why people shouldn't dance. It's called black people. <laughs> there was a whole show called Soul Train that did it first and better. Like you don't. That's, you don't jam that into the news. <laughs> That's a great one. Because Public Enemy, Chuck D, had a song called Who Stole the Soul? And I remember listening yeah. to it being like, not my family. Uh, we are not being questioned in this crime. <laughs> no, nobody has ever looked at me and said, boy, I bet that Dave is one heck of a dancer. <laughs> I, you, you can see me at any wedding sitting at a table telling my wife no. <laughs> I have a theory about wedding dancing. Like, wouldn't the electric slide be more palatable if one person got electrocuted? It would. <laughs> like, there's a few of them that I'd like to watch. Yeah, that'd be way better. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave Landau's on the phone. Everybody, he's at Zanies in Rosemont, August 18th and 19th. And dig this. I believe this is your debut at the Carson Nuggets, September 30th. That's correct. Oh, that Thanks is amazing. Yeah, uh, the house that Jimmy built. I'm going to go ahead and say it. You stop it. Dean DeLulo is as sweet of a guy as you're ever going to meet. Uh, his buddy, Dave Armstrong, who runs a lot of businesses out there, if Dave shows up, uh, he's a special human being. There's no there's no other, better way to describe him. But, like, he has his own uh, bourbon line. He makes his own wine. Uh, he has a wonderful uh, female companion that, I mean, really, like, you'll appreciate the company is all I'm trying to say. And uh, no matter what he asks, you are not willing to invest in a brothel. That's the only other advice I can give you. Uh, but uh, yes. I mean, how how long do you have to invest for? It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, no, it's not that kind of investment. No, no, you. Were... <laughs> That's funny. It's Nevada's a different place. That's all I'm going to tell you, Doc. You're going to love it. It's going to be amazing. And it's like the it is the funniest room in the world to play. Because northern Nevada is a thing, okay? There are, there are a couple of pockets, as you know, from touring around the country where their sensibility refused to budge. Like, you know when they kind of pulled comedy, they tried to anyway, towards jokes might be offensive or something like that? There is no bigger free speech zone anywhere than Carson, Nevada. Like, none. They refused to budge. When people were like, you know, what he just said is just offensive, they were just like, to who? And that was the end of it. That was the end of it. That's awesome. You love it. I can't wait. Well, that's the audience that you need. Yes. People that just – it's good, too, to be isolated from everything else a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because it is kind of in the middle of the desert, like somebody went to bury a body and a Cadillac ran out of gas. (laughs) And they're like, oh, there's another smaller Vegas here. Well, well, listen to me. Find a joke that would get you fired in 1986 – and then step it up a notch. That's my advice for your opener. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing you can do. I think do. I already do it. Oh. The whole room's just like half laughing. They're like, well, you can do better. 
<laughs> you're gonna dude, you're gonna love it. It's gonna be a great it's gonna be greatest wait. thing in the world. It's gonna be a greatest thing in the world. Um let me throw a few more at you while I got you on the phone because I'm just I'm just we're yes, yucking sir. it up. We're having fun now, Diamond Dave. That's what's going on over here. Uh did you see That's the fight on the dock down in Alabama? Did you see that video? Uh if I you, did not. What? All right. I so there's a thing, okay? There was a fight in Alabama. I don't even know the story. Eric is the engineer. He knows everything. Eric, is this fight, did it, is someone dead or anything, and I shouldn't be joking about this because I don't want to get into it, but I enjoyed the commentary on the video so much, I feel like discussing it. I don't believe anyone's dead. Okay, we're going to issue a disclaimer right now on live radio. If someone has died, you have to strike this entire conversation from the record. But f- to the best of our knowledge, nobody was even hurt in the brawl. But what happened was, Dave, they were down on a dock in Alabama. And a, a big, heavy said black dude got in a fight with a white dude. A lot of people jumped in. Okay. As they continued to fight, it's funny because the reinforcements come for the black dude from around the marina with one guy actually jumping in the water and swimming across from another dock so he can climb onto the dock and participate in the fist fight, which is just wonderful. But my question to you is, 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 is not can you tell a joke at this point that will get us both fired about swimming and who's good at it and bad at it. The question I'm is. I'm going to go ahead and hold that one. Yeah, you could sit on that one for me, uh, but stick with me. Do you think on some level, as a kid who grew up in a more depraved society where we had fights and slapping, we can't advocate for violence, but do you think there would be a benefit to society to bringing back fist fights as opposed to all the stabbings and shootings we have now? I think John Witherspoon said it best in Friday. Uh, you know, a man fights with these and then shows his fists. You win some, you lose some. I mean, that's really what it is. I think you have to bring it back to the old days of two Irish guys putting their fists up in the air, you know, before yeah. blacks got into boxing and won everything. Um, <laughs> that's a great line of the naked gun. Because, uh, well, you sure know you're boxing. All I know is never bet on the white guy. That's what yeah. <laughs> Frank Trevin. You're going to kid Chicago. He fought out of Philadelphia. The Arizona yeah. assassin. Yes, he's undefeated. He's beat every white guy up and down the eastern seaboard. <laughs> Who's this guy? This guy's going to win. That's who that guy is. Um, but I, I think there is a benefit to not to advocate violence, but I think there is so much inhumane violence that, that seems to be an old school way of uh, – because even when we were young, when you had a fight with somebody, that was the end of it. And, I mean, I saw some fights that were amazing, like when the two biggest kids of, like, our high school fought. Yeah. I mean, they were throwing each other onto cars and stuff, and yeah. everybody's cars, they were like, you know, I, I, I'd say something, but these guys are enormous, and <laughs> uh, I'm just going to have to live with that dent. Did you ever see, uh, remember there was an 80s cult classic called Three O'Clock High? Where, yes. Oh, of course. The legendary Buddy Ravel. He's been kicked out of like eight schools for fighting, pulled a knife on his football coach. Like Buddy Ravel has a pretty rough pedigree, but he comes to, you know, yeah, he, f- famously gets in a fight with Jerry, who's running the school store. And then the entire the community. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then the, and then the entire community empties out into the school parking lot to watch a fight. But I promise you, the reason there was no market for a sequel, because Three O'Clock High is like one of the most underrated 80s comedies ever made. But there was no market for a sequel because anyone who got in fistfights in that era never got in another fight with the guy. No, whoever won, won. Whoever lost, lost. Unless it was real close. Yeah. And they kept, but usually they just settled whatever the problem was, and then it was done. And yeah. I remember seeing it many times, and I was like, "Well, that's over. That's good that that's over. We don't have to talk about it anymore." And I think that I, I don't know how to. How do you not advocate for it? I mean, I'm not saying you should go fight everybody. Yeah. 
But if you're going to choose between weapons and just settling your beef with somebody, it's, I say throw your fist up. Do it, it old school. Make it fun. It's like a pressure release. That's what's going on. Like people are so high strung now and everybody really is on the verge of snapping all the time that the idea of giving people this halfway house where maybe you don't stab them. Maybe you smack them in the head. Remember smacking them in the head? That's what I think we need it to do. Worked. It's, um, well, you still have fist fights now. The only problem is, is it's six other people, and then the guy working at the airport didn't know he was going to have a fist fight. <laughs> he wasn't training that. The guy at the Spirit <laughs> kiosk had no idea this was – which, by the way, shame on him because if you work at Spirit, we've seen enough of these now. Yeah, the fact that you don't wear boxing gloves to work is kind of your fault. <laughs> Talking to you, Southwest. Uh, yeah, yeah, they'd be like, "Do you want? Like, you want yeah, do you, uh, you want to go ahead and type that in?" You're like, "I can't. These are Everlast. I'm doing no <laughs> typing today." <laughs> the golden age of airport fights. And by the way, so the girl who stormed off that plane and made everyone think there was an alien in the back of the plane. I'm telling you that mother effer isn't real. Do you remember that story from like a month ago? They, oh, absolutely. Yeah, so they found that girl, and like she's like a marketing executive or something like that. And it turns out she was fighting with her family over AirPods. And that Are whole rant about, me? I don't care what you say, that mother effer back there is not real. And everybody ran with it like, oh, my God, there was an alien on a plane. Where did this woman go? Uh, she went to the airport bar, and then she went back to Texas, and it had nothing to do with Again. aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, went to the airport bar. Again, well, yeah, what's amazing about her, too, is I've seen that on planes where it's like, look, I'm pretty sure I've sat next to a demon, but I still have to get to where I'm going. <laughs> so it's, it's like, so clearly, you might be Satan, but I mean, really, if we're getting uh, a, an airplane off the ground only 15 minutes late, that's a miracle in and of itself. I mean, you must know God somehow. And, le- so and let's, let's just go ahead and look forward. And let's be clear. If you're flying coach on the regular, there's not much Satan could do to you that's worse than the treatment you're getting in coach. <laughs> and if Satan's is sitting in coach, we've already won the fight. <laughs> we bumped him back. <laughs> Progress is everywhere. Uh, (laughs) Folks, Zanies, Rosemont, August 18th and 19th. And if you're listening on KKFT out in Reno, KSUE, Northern Nevada, uh, up there in California, Carson Nugget, September the 30th, girlfriend. Go hang out with Diamond Dave Landau. Uh, Great stuff as always, man. We'll We'll talk soon. Thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate it. See you, babe. There he goes. The great Diamond Dave. There we go back after this. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America. Uh, The radio becomes the television after this. I'll be on with Sean Hannity tonight in front of a live studio audience. A couple of moving parts tomorrow. I'm supposed to be filling in for our comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, uh, at 10 o'clock. But I may ultimately wind up filling in for him on the five instead. There's some moving parts right now with Double G. I guess it just depends how bad the hangover is from all the Pinot Noir drinks after tonight's show. But one way or the other, I will keep you guys posted. There'll be some type of a social media connection and advisory and an update and everything in between. So follow me on Twitter, at Jimmy Fela if you don't. Message me on the Fox Across America Facebook page and shut up about the fact that I'm like five weeks behind on messages. I'm actually behind right now like 432 messages, just so you know. But I'm finishing a book, hosting a documentary and a radio and a TV and a blah, 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 blah. But you know what that means, you guys? 
That means this coming weekend, when I'm off the television, I'll be in my yard with a cigar and probably a Michter's whiskey, and then you'll get some real communication out of me instead of regular stuff. This could be a problem. Uh, Not if you have a, uh, a strong chin and you can take a punch from my backyard to your inbox. But one way or the other, banner performance today. I feel like the callers carried this one, although Lando was epic as always. Uh, But the show is over. Uh, Pay up, get out, go live your best American life. You have hit the lottery if you live here. Don't ever forget that. Freedom! Damn right, girlfriend. But the show is over. Be a Republican, be a Democrat. All we ask is that you don't be a... I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.